Hello and welcome, my fellow rivals. Welcome to Game Rivals. I'm your host, Maximilian X. As always, coming to you from the internet, the interwebs, everywhere and nowhere at the same time. We're back again for season six. Yes, season six, six years of doing Game Rivals. Can you believe it? It's crazy, right? This is too. I can't believe I've been doing this for six years already, and uh, we're still here. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but boy, by taking a break, there was a lot of news that came out. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to cover some things to the best of my abilities, but this is not going to be a super long episode. Um, because if I did, then it would be like eight hours long, and I know y'all have lives. So I'm going to keep it brief and cover the stuff that I think are mo the most important things to note. We're going to start off with Microsoft, and then we're going to move from there. So, with Microsoft, as you may recall, they finished buying Activision Blizzard at the end of last year. Yay? No, no, not yay. Because soon after the new year, they let go of 1,900 people, mostly from the Activision Blizzard part. Um, and even two of their big wigs that said that it wouldn't go anywhere, uh, especially one of them, uh, Mike Ybarra, basically said that they had to prime away from the company before he would ever leave, uh, left uh, when this announcement came out, uh, along with another executive from uh, Activision Blizzard, whose name I'm kind of forgetting right now, uh, so apologies there. Um, but yeah, um, they left, and, and uh, the rest of them got let go. Um, which is very unfortunate. My heart goes out to them, of course. Uh, and I hope they are able to land on their feet. And I hope that they got some pretty decent severance packages. There is one thing, though, that is kind of... I don't, I don't want... Which is interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> which is interesting. The only people that kept their jobs that we know of, like with 100% certainty were the ones that were part of the union in Activision Blizzard. So union members of the Activision Blizzard union, um, ABK, I want to say that they're called. Um, yeah, those did not get fired because, you know, they're in a union. Uh, they can't get let, they can't be let go without just cause and, well, being in a union protected them in this regard, um, which is kind of sad and kind of makes you wish that more people at Activision Blizzard joined the union so that this couldn't happen. And now you see, and I kind of hope that other people in the industry also see that farming unions is a good thing. It can protect you against stuff like this. But you know that the companies are going to work hard against it, especially Western companies. Uh, Japanese companies don't have this kind of problem because, well, you can't just fire someone without just cause. If you're just firing them because of downsizing to make a profit, you're not allowed to do that. It's a whole thing. I won't get into it too much, but it's one of the reasons why, like, remember, like, during the Wii U era when Nintendo wasn't doing that great, uh, like the late Awada-san and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and like a bunch of the execs took pay cuts 
Nobody got fired at Nintendo. The executives all took pay cuts to make up for the revenue loss. Right? And, like, in terms of executives, they already don't make as much as their Western counterparts. It is astronomically ridiculous how much CEOs at game at game companies make in the U.S. and Europe versus Japan. It's it's so ridiculously big. You'd almost think like, well, what the heck? I want to be a CEO too. Then, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that was that was a bit of a sour start for the for them, uh, for the people there. And then it became a sour start for Xbox fans when rumors came around that Hi-Fi Rush must, might be coming to Switch. And, uh, uh, dang it, what's the pirate game called again? I, I've been saying it all day. <laughs> Not Skull and Bones, that's Ubisoft. Uh, oh, what's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the Rareware game called again? I forget. I forgot what it's called. Oh my gosh! I I mm, ah, brain fart. Um, mm, uh, something with sales. Uh, yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. I forget what it's called. Um, is going to PlayStation. Why am I forgetting the name? I don't know why I totally forgot that just flew out of my mind. Um, anyway, so that is, um. Uh, yeah, so that is that was a rumor to be going to PlayStation. And yeah, people were kind of when I say people, I mean Xbox fans were not happy with those rumors, despite the fact that they were just rumors. But yeah, over the time, uh, it, it's becoming more and more apparent that it is, is actually going to happen uh, to the point where more rumors started to come out and that more franchises from uh, Xbox exclusive ones xbox like microsoft studios made games were going potentially to playstation stuff like starfield and potentially gears of war what the heck um yeah so a lot of xbox fans got very upset about it I I can't really speak to it, but yeah, um, not great, not a great showing for Xbox fans. Um, but if you weren't aware, of course you you wouldn't know. But oof, some people can't take. And this is the thing, right? These are still rumors. They were credible rumors, propagated by credible people in the games industry, specifically games journalists that have good intel that are not wrong most of the time. So yeah, people took it as gospel and basically been losing their gosh darn minds about it. Which, I, yeah, why be weird? You know, why be weird? Um, yeah, so after the whole, after that kind of imploded on itself, Phil Spencer eventually came out on Twitter and said, yeah, there is a thing in terms of like business that we want to talk about and we're going to reveal it next week and they're going to reveal it on the 15th as an Xbox podcast. It's going to be Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer, Sarah Bonds and uh, Mike Booty. 
think I'm saying those names names correctly. I'm saying it from the top of my head. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be a thing. Um, so we'll see when that drops. What they're gonna say exactly? If they're gonna confirm exactly? At this point, they're basically gonna confirm what we already knew, um, including the fact that apparently Pentiment is also gonna be making that jump. Um, odds are, is gonna be making that jump to Switch and PlayStation, but it could also just be just Switch. We don't know, but yeah, Hi-Fi Rush definitely coming to Switch and PlayStation. Sea of Thieves, that is the one. Sea of Thieves, jeez, man, why, like. It left my brain and now it's back. Sea of Thieves is rumored to come to PlayStation with Pentiment again. Uh, and rumored also Starfield and Gears of War and a bunch of other stuff, allegedly. So we'll see when that comes out. Um, another thing that came out on Xbox, Power World. Well, that one came out on PC as well. It's on Steam. And it has been doing gangbusters. Now, if you don't remember or haven't heard of Power World at this point, that would be really crazy. But you know what? Not everybody is up to speed. It's absolutely fine. That's why I'm here. Power World is, was this game that was announced a couple of years ago. I want to say during Summer Game Fest, um, where it was shown off, and basically, the concept that they showed was Pokemon with guns. Yeah. Pokemon-like creatures looking a lot like Pokemon, wielding guns, and working in sweatshops that you put them in to make more guns that they use to shoot and kill each other. Yeah, it's a weird game. Um, that game is out. That kind of... Took everybody surprise, surprise, because uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, at least I was under the I was under the impression that it was gonna be vaporware because it we barely got any updates about it on the progression of the game and or anything or like new trailers. And I think we got one last year. We got like a second trailer last year in the summer again, summer game fest, and then uh, late uh, late December early January, we got a third trailer, which was the Early Access launch trailer. And that was going to come to Early Access on Steam, but also going to be part of Game Pass's game previews. So if you had an Xbox or if you had an Xbox uh, Game Pass uh, subscription, uh, not core, but like regular or ultimate, you'd have access to this game on your xbox and pc so yeah uh but also it sold a lot on steam like it sold i'm won't be surprised if it's like it's at 10 million sales now because they stopped reporting on it after like it hit 7 million in like four days which is insane for an early access game that has Honestly, after playing it, no right to be as popular as it is. And yes, it's still fun to play, despite the fact that it is a very broken early access. But then again, it is early access. And that's the whole point of early access. There are games that are not finished. It's not their 1.0. It's not their complete version. But it is a playable version. Playable enough that people can play 
give their feedback to the developers, and they use that to iterate and improve on the game until they finally release the complete version, AKA 1.0. The Xbox version is basically also like that. So basically when the 1.0 version comes out for that, that turns from game preview to just game release. And I don't know if it'll stay on there indefinitely or if it's then like a timed release where it'll be on Game Pass for like maybe another year after it's 1.0 release before then being removed from the service. Because again, it is a game preview, which means that they could also just during the early access just also decide to take it off. But I haven't seen them do that yet with other game preview like games. So I don't know how that's gonna work. And considering the state of PAL world, I honestly would not be surprised if it takes them at least another year or two for them two or three to finish the game completely. Because uh, let me tell you, that game be borkin. It is so borked. I mean, oh my gosh, it is very borked. Um, the fact that we're still having, f that people are still having fun with it, the fact that I am actually having fun with it is amazing and is a testament to what they have made. But yeah, um, they don't have enough people to keep up with demand and uh, their server costs are surprisingly high, but they're making bangs. So yeah, I mean, they made a lot of bangs, so they should be okay for the next couple of months, at least when it comes to like server side costs on at least PC side. Um, we'll see how that goes uh, for them. So that's, that's a small win for Xbox, at least, because they have it on their system. It's not on PlayStation. Um, so yeah, kudos to Pal World and uh, Pocket Pair, the developer. We'll see what the place. We'll see what the Pokemon company has to say about some of their designs. But yeah, um, the thing is with Pal World is that yeah, the the whole catching critters is nothing new. There are so many games that do it. Yokai Watch, um, Yokai Watch is one. Uh, Gosh, I had a whole bunch of examples. Uh, Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter. Um, yeah, Monster Hunter stories also. Um, Monster uh, Dragon Quest Monsters. That's a long running series. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of others that I'm not really coming that I'm really remembering right now. But the point is, there are a lot of games that are like that. Usually they also make their own monsters, so they have a unique hook to them. But, uh, yeah, Palworld kind of needs to step up their game on that regard. <laughs> Outside of the fact that the game needs to be more playable um, and have more quality of life features that seriously are lacking. Um, in terms of gameplay, it is closer to Ark Survival Evolved more than anything. It also apes some other stuff like Breath of the Wild, and it also apes stuff from other games. Um, but yeah, Ark is the one that I have played, so I know how that plays. And that's the one it feels way more like, more than anything. More than anything, it feels more like an Ark game with creature capture elements and some like Breath of the Wild style traversal stuff in it. So there's that. That's Power World uh, in a nutshell. 
Uh, then we have PlayStation, which had a two state of plays. One was a general state of play, and then they had one specifically for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The latter also came with the launch of the demo for Rebirth, um, which I hear is pretty good. I haven't watched that particular state of play yet. I do intend to watch it before the game comes out, but I don't have a PlayStation 5, so it's not like I can play the demo anyways or when the game comes out anytime soon. So it's not too bad if I don't watch it right now. State of Play itself, however, I did watch, and there were some good announcements in there. They showed off some good things. Um, they showed off some stuff that made me go, eh, like the VR stuff, so, mm, whatever. Um, but they showed off some good games. They showed off two. They showed off a new Silent Hill that got shadow dropped for free on PlayStation, uh, and I think also on PC and Xbox. I'm not 100 sure. I haven't double checked that yet. Um. And then they showed off more of the remake of Silent Hill 2, which, yeah, it looked fine. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Xbox also had like a developer thing where they showed off like four of their four of their games, including a Square Enix game, Visions of Mana, which made me so happy and was also an unexpected surprise. So that was nice. Um, they showed off the Indiana Jones game. They showed off Avowed. And they showed off two other games that I don't remember. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so that was the thing. That was the, it, it, it. It was fine. It was pretty good. Um, same with the, like the state of play. It was pretty fine. Pretty good. They showed up Death Stranding too, uh, and then they revealed that Kojima is also working with uh, PlayStation Studios on a new action espionage game, which is the tagline for you know Metal Gear. So he's he's basically making a spiritual successor to Metal Gear, or he will after. The, develop, the development of Death Stranding 2 is complete, which won't be done until 2025. And we don't know even when in 2025 it will be done. They gave us a year that Death Stranding 2 is going to release in 2025. Let's see if they hit that first before anything. But yeah, so this game that, they, that he also announced alongside Death Stranding 2's release year is tentatively tiled Fizzant. It's spelled really weird. And he, he's really going for that um, multimedia approach because he was also talking about movies and music and other stuff that is not video games. So who knows uh, what that's going to be like. Um, what else? I think they also showed off uh, Resident Evil 2. Uh, or Resident Evil 3, 4. Resident Evil 4, like the completed edition, is coming uh, as well. And they showed a bunch of other stuff that I honestly can't remember right now. Not because they weren't interesting, it's just that it's been a while since it came out and I don't have the list, the list in front of me. Um, So if you want to check that out, I would recommend checking it out. It's actually a good state of play. Honestly, I, I had probably the most enjoyment out of this state of play than I have had in a really long time. Most state of plays basically leave me bored. Um, except for maybe the one game that they show off. Right? So there's that. Um, yeah, so that was PlayStation in a nutshell. Um, I might be missing something. I did miss something. Um, do you guys remember the little game that was announced by 
Square Enix for the PlayStation exclusively, PlayStation 4 and 5, called Phone Stars? I think it's also coming on PC, but we're going to focus on PlayStation right now. Yeah, so it is out. Yeah, it is on PC. It is out, and it's not doing great. The numbers aren't great. Um, the gameplay, I tried it. It's free on PlayStation Plus right now. You can you can uh, claim it for the month of February. So if you haven't, do so. Because after that, you have to buy it like everybody else. And it's like 30 bucks. And I'm going to be completely honest. Not worth 30 bucks. It is clearly a ripoff of Splatoon 2. It just doesn't feel as snappy as Splatoon 2. Or Splatoon in general. Just... It doesn't because they add because they added a reload mechanic, and yes, Splatoon has a reload mechanic, but it is built naturally into the gameplay. The reload mechanic is lifted straight from any other shooting game, so it kind of breaks the flow of your pace. And when you're first starting out, it's like chaos, and the scoring mechanic is a little bit weird. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of. Uh, PlayStation All-Stars in that regard, in terms of how it works. Like, having similar mechanics, but putting your own spin on it that is just a little bit weird, and, like, just one step too too much. Like, you have to spray your foam on the enemy players so that they get encased in the foam, and then you have to use a physical a melee attack to KO them it's not enough to cover them in the foam so that they don't move you have to also KO them by the way if you're in covered in foam you can still kind of manipulate yourself over the field but like if you go over enemy foam you're slowed down just like in Splatoon where you go over enemy ink slow down the only difference is you don't turn from a kid to a squid to get through your ink but you ride your team's foam color. If you ride the other team's foam color, you're not as fast or nimble. They keep saying it's not. They keep saying it's not Splatoon. But you're clearly aping Splatoon. Anyway, the game sits at like a 60-something on Metacritic right now, or even lower than that. It's not. It's not doing great. It's not doing hot. Um, not, a lot of people are having the same kind of like challenges in terms of the gameplay, um, and they're not finding themselves engaged. Honestly, I, I honestly had a hard time trying to get into the gameplay flow. So there's that. Um, you know what is doing good? Hell Divers. Yeah, Hell Divers Two, recently came out. Also a live service game, but that is actually doing well. Well, not well. It still has technical problems, but the main takeaway, kind of like with Power World, huh? Bit of a theme here, isn't it? Um, yeah, despite technical difficulties that it's had on PC mainly, but also on PlayStation in terms of networking, um, people are enjoying Helldivers too. Which I didn't expect at all. I mean, I kind of should have because Helldivers 1, despite being a completely different style of game, is a lot of fun. But it's not the same game. They're not the same kind of game. And yet, 
people are enjoying it. I almost feel like picking it up myself. Kind of wish it wasn't PlayStation Plus, so I didn't have to, but hey. Considering what's happening with Xbox, it's probably for the best that they don't. Um, it is a live service game, like I said before, and it is still going through some technical difficulties, especially on the PC side. So um, just be aware of that. But also, if you're out there playing Helldivers, do let me know, man. Apparently, it's a lot of fun. Wish I could say the same for uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, which also released recently, which um, did not have the same kind of liberties uh, with it. Uh, it launched poorly, and the gameplay loop apparently is not that great. Uh, if you enjoy it, hey, more power to you. That's great. That's awesome. Um, I hope it sticks with you, that it, the enjoyment stays for you. But for like a majority of the people, it is not great. It didn't review that well, which is kind of sad. The saddest thing is apparently people are going back to Arkham City, oh, sorry, Arkham Knight, playing that on Steam over playing Suicide Squad. Like the, the player count for, for Arkham Knight apparently started going up recently. And, like, surpassing, and surpassing, like, Suicide Squad's, like, total amount of, like, players online, on Steam, which is crazy, which is insane. I don't know what to say anymore about that. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, that's pretty much PlayStation and Microsoft kind of covered, and a little bit of PC there. Um... Nintendo. Yeah, let's end with Nintendo. So Nintendo is going to have a really interesting year because, let's be real, um, we know that the sequel to Switch is coming. The Switch successor is on its way. Even if uh, if uh, Nintendo President Furukawa is not saying anything about it. Months. All he said is like, it takes a lot of effort bringing out a new system successfully. But you know what? He's absolutely right. It does. It does take a lot of effort to put out to bring out the new system successfully. They learned that the hard way with the Wii U, unfortunately. Um, you'd think they would remember that after the Virtual Boy, but <laughs> I guess time flows flows like a river. Am I right? <laughs> if you know that reference, we best friends. Um, so yeah, that is. I mean, it's good to learn from the past, obviously, but people, but like the rumors are so gosh darn rampant at this point. It's like, I can't even keep up with them all. I will talk about a few of them, uh, one or two, the ones that do really matter at this point, right? One is there's a rumor going around that the system will have backwards compatibility with physical copies of Switch games and digital copies of Switch games. And on top of that, they might also enhance some games uh, because, you know, the Switch successor will be a more powerful system and, it will t and games that were made for Switch might be able to take advantage of that. Now, I don't know if they're going the PlayStation route where you get higher frame rate and higher, uh, higher resolution, if that's what it's going for. We don't know that yet. 
There's nothing outside of that being said in those rumors. The other rumor is kind of a flip-floppy rumor. We don't know yet. And that is, like, who's providing the chipset for Nintendo's next system? Um, people naturally thought it would be the NVIDIA, but NVIDIA does not have a history of doing custom chips, which is kind of funny because when the Switch was announced, they said it was a custom Tegra 1, and then people took a look at it with the X-Ray and then found out, no, it's just a standard Tegra 1. Nothing custom about it. Maybe, like, the RAM loadout is a little bit different, but it's a standard custom chip. It's a standard chip. It's not custom. But recently, NVIDIA has been making moves into making custom chips. Specifically more into the whole AI thing. But yeah, the fact that that's a move that they're making means that there is a chance that the new system does still have an NVIDIA chip in it. That is actually custom. Um, and then fits the... Fits, fits Nintendo's uh, criteria of what they want to do with the next system. What the other rumor is, is that they're going to AMD, which they haven't done since, I want to say, the Wii U. Although I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I have to double check that. But yeah, you know, back in the ATI days, yeah, that was them. They went with ATI, aka AMD. Um, so yeah, so that's so that's basically when it comes to Nintendo. Uh, other than that, you know, we got some games to look forward to, like Princess Peach Showtime, uh, Luigi's Mansion Two uh, remake. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion Two remake that's coming this summer. Um, so that's gonna be interesting. There's a bunch of games that are still slated for the Switch yet to come. Uh, we don't talk about. Metroid Prime 4, because let's be real. If if anything, it'll be a cross-platform, a cross-generational game. Um, I don't think it's gonna outright be a Switch successor exclusive. Because they, they've done this before with like Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. So it is a precedent has been set, right? And the game has been in development since 2019. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's been so long um so yeah in terms of like nintendo stuff that's mostly what we're gonna be seeing a lot of rumors uh the big rumor is that they're gonna announce something in march pertaining to the successor it is a possibility um for me i give it a maybe a a 40 percent chance that they announce something in march i think it's more likely they announce something after march after their fiscal year has ended um they will probably show it off to the public first before they lay it in front of their investors because that's basically how they've done it before um when the switch came out was announced um it was announced i think during i should know that is wrong with the switch they announced that the next system the nx at the time um, was in the works, and I think that was through an investor meeting. So there might they might be a case, but the, re the only reason why they announced it in that way is because I think part of it was because of Iwata's health situation. And as the final project that he essentially helmed before his passing, um, I think that's the reason why it got announced the way it was. So I don't think they're gonna do that in that regard, in that same regard, because they've never done it in that 
in a similar in a similar way because like when the 3ds got announced um it was shown off to the public before they talked about it with like share shareholders so yeah um if anything i think that if they are going to show it off in march they could because then it could be like oh it's the end of the fiscal year they're gonna tell them like okay so this was the fiscal year for switch but next fiscal year expect in the holidays or whatever um it go like this year is going to be focused on switch but by the end of the year we'll also have a new system and it'll have these these these, 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 these features that is my opinion that is my educated guess how it would go but it's nintendo is nintendo nintendo will be nintendo nintendo will always like to subvert expectations when it Wow, that was unexpected. Uh, that's weird. What was I talking about again? Oh, yeah, I think I was just finishing up uh, with Nintendo. Um, yeah. Good stuff Like to expect. Like, this year is going to be very interesting to see for all parties involved, starting with Microsoft. Don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but if anything were to happen, I do have one request to Phil Spencer. Can we please get a new rock and roll racing with actual rock and roll music? Not the modern stuff, but keep it to the classics. <laughs> let's, let's keep it to stuff that is actually like hummable. <laughs> uh, geez. Um, yeah, that would also be awesome. Do that and get it made for me. Um, other than that, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, kind of weird that it, we have that weird cut in there, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for watching this latest episode of Game Rivals. Uh, first one of the year. I'm so excited. Um, thank you so much for sticking with Game Rivals for so long. If you've been here from the beginning or came in later or if this is your first episode, um, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for watching the episode from start to finish. And uh, yeah, you can always find us uh, on your favorite podcasting service in the audio form. Uh, our home is on Spotify. Um, you can also, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to give a like, uh, hit the subscribe button uh, so that you get notified when a new episode goes live. Uh, you'll see more stuff showing up on, uh, on this channel as well. Um, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Maximilian underscore X. Uh, you can find me also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Maximilian underscore X. Uh, and that is about it. Uh, I'm still working on some stuff in terms of Game Rivals' socials. It's been a bit of a challenge on that regard. So please bear with me on that. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for me. Um, thank you so much for watching. I have been and always will be Maximilian X, and I'll catch all of you beautiful rivals next time. Later.